This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Hoist the Colors podcast. It is Friday afternoon. We finally have the East Carolina Baseball 2021 complete schedule. And it was a long time coming as it was released today. So we are going to dive into that on today's podcast. I am Stephen Igo, the host of the Hoist the Colors podcast and the publisher of hoistthecolors.net. And, you know, really thought I would be talking about recapping the Cincinnati game from earlier this week for ECU men's basketball, maybe previewing the matchup against Temple. But, you know, COVID had other ideas, and the Pirates had both games wiped out. Cincinnati game on Wednesday was postponed due to issues at Cincinnati, and then, of course, the testing comes back on Wednesday night, and multiple positive tests for ECU, and so that has caused the program to unfortunately go into a pause, and the next two games, Temple this Saturday and South Florida next Wednesday, have been postponed at this time. So disappointing news for ECU, which has really seen its schedule kind of really messed up here over these last few weeks, as the Pirates on December 22nd beat Tulane. They improved to 7-1 with that victory, but since then they have not won a game. They've only played twice in the last 20-plus days, and they lost to Tulane in a rematch on January 2nd and then lost to South Florida in a game on January 9th, and those are the only two games they played, and their next scheduled game as of now was against Memphis on January 24th on a Sunday at 4 p.m. inside Menji's Coliseum. You know, we'll see if that game actually takes place but now you've had four of your last six scheduled games postponed and really there's not much to talk about on the basketball side of things so we're going to make this a baseball focused podcast of course we're always talking football on hoist of colors we got a ton of articles up looking back at the 2020 season uh, on the football side of things and you know diving into the analytics if you're a subscriber to Hoist the Colors. Uh, I think a lot of our members have really enjoyed our in-depth content via Pro Football Focus, kind of looking at the analytics of each position. We just posted our inside linebacker preview, so check that out. If you're really into the football team, the personnel, recruiting, we kind of dive into everything. We're also doing a a look back at each true freshman and whether they played or not, kind of the progress they made during the 2020 season. So we'll continue to dive into the roster aspect of football. We break down the personnel, the recruiting, unlike any other outlet for football. We'll continue to do that as that is our expertise. But for this podcast, we're going to take a few minutes to focus on baseball. This isn't going to be a long podcast, just kind of a, not an emergency podcast, but a current events podcast, because quite honestly, right now we don't have too many current events. But when there's a schedule released, 
in 2021 in the midst of a COVID pandemic. Uh, we are going to take advantage of that, and we are going to break down this ECU baseball schedule. My good friend and Hoist the Colors contributor slash intern, Jonathan Wagner, he's actually doing a piece, uh, written piece on his takeaways and quick reactions to the ECU 2021 baseball schedule. So check that out in written form on hoistthecolors.net. I'm giving you the audio angle from from myself because honestly I don't really feel like writing anymore right now. Um, so I'm going to talk about the schedule more so than anything. All right, so let's dive into it. The um, I guess before we talk about the schedule, we should mention that there was a release from ECU last night on Thursday that the baseball team has had some issues with COVID, and I think a cluster of 10 uh, positive coronavirus cases were announced, and that was via the university, which has to notify uh, its fellow students and teachers, etc., staff of any uh, big cluster. So 10 inside the baseball program right now. Of course, the baseball pro, or the baseball team itself actually returned to campus earlier this month to begin preseason uh, kind of workouts and everything. They they are scheduled to start practice, I uh, believe, this weekend. Um, so I'm not sure what the status of that is, or at least start practice here in the next few few weeks um, because the, the season opener, as we transition to the schedule, is February 19th against Rhode Island. The Pirates will actually open in a three-game series against the Rhode Island Rams. And I've pulled up the RPI numbers from this past season. And granted, all of these are going to be based on a very small 13, 14-game sample size. For example, ECU was number five in the RPI, uh, according to warrennolan.com, at the conclusion of last season with a 13-4 record. So this isn't a full season, but this kind of gives you an idea of what caliber teams are going to be on ECU's schedule because these teams return the majority of their talent, just like ECU. Uh, Rhode Island, which isn't historically a a baseball power, they actually were off to a very strong start last season. They went 8-5 and five and had an RPI just outside of the top 70. Uh, you know, a, a northern team is going to predominantly play a number of road games to start the year. That's exactly what they did as they did not have a home game in 2020. And they beat Arizona, which was a borderline top 25 team, uh, split that series, and they also swept a midweek game. Um, or, excuse me, they swept two games against Central Michigan in that same tournament in Arizona. And Central Michigan was ranked last year. And they also took one of three at Maryland, one of three at Lamar. So this is a team that ECU is going to open with come mid-February that has some key pieces returning, not afraid of playing on the road. So that won't be a cakewalk season opener. Uh, season opening series for ECU. The Pirates also are scheduled to t- take on, we'll focus more on the, the weekend series first, uh, as they are the most important. At Georgia Southern will be their lone non-conference weekend series. Uh, they will also host Appalachian State in the 18th annual Keith LeClaire Classic. For those unfamiliar, the LeClaire Classic is typically a gathering of schools, uh, a fourteen tournament, and they come and play in one weekend. Well, given everything going on, the protocols, it was just easier to have a, a one team, you know, come to town for a two two team series, a three game series, and that is an in state foe in Appalachian State. So the eighteenth annual Keith Leclerc Classic will go on. It'll just be much different than what we're used to seeing, and that makes sense given uh, this day and age. Uh, so Appalachian State will come to town for a non conference series. Charlotte will come for a return trip for a non-conference series on the weekend. Uh, the Pirates went to Charlotte and swept them last year. Illinois State 
will come to town for a three-game series. And this is a program that, you know, hasn't been great, you know, let's say three to five years ago. But two years ago, they actually made the Louisville Regional, if you remember correctly, and put a scare into the Cardinals. And then ECU ended up going on to face uh, Louisville in the Super Regional. But Illinois State was close to um, making things interesting and potentially advancing to the Super Regional itself in that same regional. Um, Illinois State, another non-conference series. And then the final non-conference weekend series, the St. John's Red Storm, which I was really glad to see this on the schedule again. We'll kind of dive into each of those, each of these teams shortly. But St. John's and ECU have a pretty storied history in baseball. They've met up in a number of regionals with ECU either as the two or three seed or St. John's as the two or three seed. You remember back to the, the Charlottesville regional uh, a number of years ago when they met up with St. John's in that 2-3 game, they also faced St. John's in the Chapel Hill Regional one year, and they've had some some good back-and-forth games. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the premier teams in the Big East Conference for baseball is the St. John's Red Storm, so that will be ECU's final non-conference series before diving into the conference play. So let's rewind here a little bit. Georgia Southern. Uh, historically, a very formidable uh, and strong baseball program. ECU actually swept them at home last season, but Georgia Southern at the conclusion of the canceled season was 11-5 and with an RPI of 29. Um, very strong program. They'll be, again, welcoming ECU for their lone non-conference road series in what should be a very, very um, challenging weekend for the Pirates in Georgia. Uh, Appalachian State, again, has struggled in recent years, but actually was playing well last season. When that season was shut down, they were 10-6 and six with an RPI of 62. Uh, we're really starting to kind of find things under their coaching staff. So Appalachian State seems like a program on the rise. That'll be an interesting series for the Keith LeClaire Classic. Uh, Charlotte, you know, they were 9-8 and eight with an RPI of 121 last season when the season got shut down. And that was shortly after ECU swept them in Charlotte. So the Pirates have had a lot of success against the 49ers, you know, a respectable program, a series that ECU will be favored in for sure. Um, and, I, you know, it's been some time since ECU lost to Charlotte in a weekend game or a weekend series. So I know they, they beat ECU a couple times, uh, you know, once or twice in the past number of years. But, um, but otherwise, ECU has swept the last two seasons, I believe, uh, against the Charlotte 49ers. So they continue that series. Illinois State, a new team on the schedule last year, they – only had a record of seven and nine, but an RPI of 25. As early in the season, they played a ton of road games. You know, they went to Oklahoma for a four-game series. They played at Arkansas, won that game. Um, played in a Jacksonville tournament. Played at Florida State. So this is another team that likes to load up on road games early, really test themselves. And you know, I don't know a ton about uh, Illinois State, their personnel coming back, but based on the past two years, they are a pretty solid team. So. Those are your six non-conference series, and what you can see is all six of those teams were off to good starts last year, historically pretty strong programs. You know, these are all series that ECU will be favored in. You know, the Pirates are a top 15 preseason team, according to one poll, but uh, all these games are going to be important for the RPI. You know, Cliff Goblin schedules in smart fashion. He schedules good RPI teams. Um, but also teams that ECU, if they play to their standards, should be able to defeat in most weekend series. So um, that kind of gives you an, an overview of the non-conference slate as far as the weekend games. Now let's dive into the midweek games, which again, this year 
with the conference going to a four-game weekend schedule for all conference games and a 32-game conference slate. All midweek games have to take place before the start of conference play. So all these non-conference games will be taking place before ECU opens its league play on April 1st against Cincinnati. So in the midweek games, we see ECU open with Duke on Tuesday, February 23rd. They return to Duke later on on March 9th on the Tuesday. So a home-and-home with the Blue Devils, which in the past number of years has been a regional caliber team and a, a top 25 borderline program. ECU will also host Old Dominion on March 3rd. That is the only time they play the Monarchs this season. Uh, the Pirates will travel to UNC Wilmington on Wednesday, March 17th. No return trip for UNCW this year, so only the one game at UNC Wilmington is scheduled. Of course, the Seahawks were the last team the Pirates played in Wilmington to conclude the 2020 canceled season. They actually lost in a walk-off home run in a very difficult game. Looking back on it, a tough way to go out as that ended up being the last game of the season, which nobody knew at the time. Uh, so they continue their rivalry again, UNCW, on March 17th. Uh, and then the Pirates conclude their midweek schedule with a home-and-home home with North Carolina. The Tar Heels will welcome ECU to campus on Tuesday, March 23rd. And then a week later, after that St. John series, ECU will host North Carolina on Mar- March 30th, Tuesday, March 30th, the final non-conference game for the ECU Pirates. And so, you know, a, a challenging non-conference slate. Again, you've got a number of top 25 caliber teams up here on the schedule. Uh, Duke, of course, uh, North Carolina, undoubtedly top 25 talent. You know, St. John's always seems to flirt with the top 25. And then a number of regional caliber teams. You know, I think Georgia Southern is certainly capable of being a regional team. You know, App State improved last year. Charlotte improved. So, uh, Illinois State has shown their regional caliber team. So a challenging non-conference schedule, not an unbeatable one, though, and I think it sets up well going into conference play for the Pirates. They'll have a chance to get some wins but also pad their RPI at the same time because they're going to be facing some pretty uh, top-notch competition. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And now you transition to the conference portion of the schedule. And it's important to note, and Ronnie Woodward and I, Ronnie from the Reflector, were talking about this earlier, the stretch of games before conference play. Uh, ECU will go to North Carolina, play a three-game series versus St. John's, and then host North Carolina. That's a big five-game stretch before you dive into conference play on uh, April 1st, which is on a Thursday for Easter weekend, as the Pirates will host Cincinnati. So that's an important stretch to finish out non-conference play we'll continue to monitor that as we get closer and 
uh, look at the standings as far as RPI and all that sort of stuff. But it just looks like a big stretch of five games on paper. All right, diving into conference play now. I thought it was interesting that the league decided to flip you know, the, the conference schedule from last season for the most part. ECU, for example, was scheduled to travel to Central Florida and Tulane, which uh, as of last season they were scheduled to do that. And those were two teams that were picked to finish second and third in the conference respectively behind East Carolina in this year's preseason poll. Well, even though none of those games were played, the conference decided to once again flip it back and do it as if the games were played. So this year, ECU will host UCF and host Tulane. Uh, They will also host Memphis and Cincinnati. So I just thought it was interesting the league seemed to not keep last year's schedule the same, which I guess does make some sense in terms of UConn was in the league. Now they're not. They did have to rework a number of things, but... It was interesting to me that essentially ECU will be hosting UCF um, and Tulane for home series two seasons in a row if you don't count last year's basically lost season where no conference games were played. So I think that's a big advantage for East Carolina. You know, who knows what home field advantage will look like for the Pirates come mid-April. But those are two big series that could determine who wins the American Athletic Conference. But the Pirates, of course, will open with Cincinnati and Cincinnati will be the team's travel partner, of course, with a 32-conference game slate and only eight teams total in the league, which gives you seven opponents. In order to get to 32 with those four-game series on the weekend, you have to have a travel partner. So ECU's travel partner is Cincinnati. They will they will host Cincinnati for a four-game series and then also go to Cincinnati for a four-game series later in the year as well. Um, you know, Cincinnati has made a lot of progress under their coaching staff in recent years, but honestly a pretty favorable draw there for the Pirates on paper. Uh, The Pirates will take on Cincinnati in that four-game slate, and then Memphis will also come to town for the next series. So back-to-back home series to start American Athletic Conference play, a chance to get out in front of the standings if you're ECU. Uh, Then their first road conference series in mid-April goes to Houston which is uh, traditionally a top-half team in the American. The Pirates then come home to face UCF, go to Wichita State, and then host Tulane, and then they close AAC play with back-to-back road series, which won't be easy, at Cincinnati and at USF. And then for the American Athletic Conference Baseball Championship in May, late May, on May 25th, the first date of that tournament, uh, that conference tournament is scheduled to take place on May 25th through the May through May 30th on a Sunday. Uh, that will be played in Clearwater, Florida once again, where it's been held the last number of years. So just breaking down the conference slate, I think it's honestly a pretty favorable draw outside of the fact you have to close the season with back-to-back road series. But all things considered, you've got a chance because of that to open conference play with two straight home series and really get a chance to take a lead in the standings against Cincinnati and Memphis, who have historically struggled against the Pirates in baseball. Uh, Then you hit that middle stretch of conference play, those four series against Houston, UCF, Wichita State, and Tulane. Those are the four teams picked to finish behind ECU in the standings. And so that will be the big stretch of games that really determines how things break, um, I think, in the American Athletic Conference. But, you know, overall, as I look at this schedule, I think it breaks pretty favorably for ECU. You know, 56 total games are scheduled. We'll see how many games are actually played. Um, I could see a number of these midweek games being wiped out or a number of these non-conference games being wiped out depending on how the testing and, and COVID cases go. 
uh, at the beginning of the season, but uh, of the 56 games that are scheduled, 34 are scheduled to be inside your home stadium. And more importantly, for the non-conference games, you've got 24 scheduled non-conference games. 18 of those are scheduled inside Clark Leclerc Stadium. So 18 of your 24 games, a vast percentage, you'll be playing at home. In fact, the Pirates will only leave the state of North Carolina one time in non-conference play. That's for the Georgia Southern Series uh, in Statesboro, Georgia, February 26th through the 28th. Outside of that, their only road games and non-conference action are at Duke, at UNC Wilmington, and at North Carolina. So you're getting on a bus and you're driving for all those series. I imagine there's a good chance they're driving to Georgia Southern as well. Um, so you're, you're not only saving on expenses in terms of travel for non-conference play, but you're also going to probably stay in somewhat of a bubble as much as possible with students on campus for the majority of your non-conference, uh, and that lasts from February 19th until April 1st. So it's important to try and keep cases down as the semester goes on in order to have a chance to play a close to a full season. And I think it's important, too, the ECU starts in conference play with two straight home series. So, I mean, you really don't have to get on a plane and fly until you go to Houston on April 16th. And uh, knock on wood, as we sit here and record this podcast, hopefully by mid-April, the coronavirus is under control, at least somewhat, and there's an improving uh, and and dropping case rates as the uh, vaccines make their ways across the country. But I think it it sets up very favorable for ECU, just on the hoof as I look at it today. And, you know, I, I, I don't know a ton about the personnel on these teams as we sit here in mid-January. You know, I haven't broken down each baseball roster. It's hard enough to follow football that in-depth. But now you've got all these baseball teams. But with the majority of most of these teams coming back and just based on how they finished last year, I mean, the Pirates should be, uh, once again, you know, have a chance at least to win 40 plus games and I know that you know you always have to take it one game at a time etc cetera, etc cetera. but I think this is a schedule that has a chance for the Pirates to really rack up the wins and it's not going to be easy um, there are no real gimmies on this schedule but there are some there are a lot of quality opponents that if the Pirates play to their level play to their potential they should have a chance to really rattle off some wins go on some nice winning streaks etc so a uh, lot to be excited about. And again, I don't know. I'm sure if I took questions for this podcast, I get a lot of questions on what the attendance policy will be. You know, talking with athletic officials the last number last number of days. At this point, they have to abide by state and local guidelines, and they're going. They're still efforting to try and finalize what exactly is allowed in terms of the number of fans. And um, I think the number right now is around a hundred for the start of the season. And there's a question as to whether those 100 people are those fans on top of family that is going to be allowed, or is it just the 100 people total? And all those tickets basically will have to go to family members of the team. So they're still working on the logistics of all that. They're also working on the logistics of tele- you know, what games they're going to televise on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, per the American Athletic Conference contract, they ECU is only required to televise a certain amount of games, and there are 34 home games. Um, and ECU is only required, I think, to do 30 total. 
events. So technically they they could not televise every home baseball game because the Pirates have to pay for the expenses for doing that. But I imagine Pirate fans, especially if they can't attend these games, are going to want to see all these home games or as many as possible on ESPN+. Plus. So there's still some logistics to be worked out. Again, ECU not exactly rolling in money right now as we sit here in mid-January and all these sports about to go on at the same time in the spring plus spring football happening. You're having to test in all these sports. You're trying to get basketball back on track. Uh, it is a mess. It is a logistical nightmare, and I know the guys at ECU, the guys and gals are working hard to try and figure it out and, and appease everybody. It's it's not going to be an easy spring by any stretch of the imagination. It's going to be uh, really a spring of survival. I mean, there's just no revenue coming in right now for East Carolina athletics because fans can't attend. Outside of the TV contract, you're not really making any money. You're not making any um concessions you're not really making much advertising money because people can't attend the games so it's just tough right now and um hopefully for baseball you know baseball was really the first sport the first major ecu sport that we saw get shut down for in terms of their their season i mean basketball had happened in the conference tournament but in reality the pirates probably weren't going to win the conference tournament their season was close to being over the pirates were just getting going in baseball in 2020 in March of 2020, and it was sad to see them lose their season, along with all the other sports, of course, but baseball is the one that gets the most attention because it's really the the one sport ECU right now realistically has a chance at winning the national championship. So uh, I think everybody is hoping that as baseball season goes along, these numbers for the COVID cases can improve and we can get back to attending games and really making Clark Claire Stadium the special place it's meant to be. And as, as cool of a venue it as it is, uh, it's not the same when fans aren't in there and aren't given the left fielder crap uh, as the megaphones often do um, in Clark and Clare Stadium. It, it's a special venue. It's a top 15, top 20 college baseball venue for sure. Uh, there's a reason everyone wants to come play at ECU and college, play their college baseball at ECU because it's an awesome atmosphere. So, uh, hopefully by the time we get to conference play, you know, in April, things are on the up and up and we can at least open this thing back up to some attendance. And who knows if the Pirates are hosting a regional in early June, maybe we get a chance to pack out Clark Claire Stadium again, or at least pack out some semblance of what compared to what we've seen these last number of months in, in the sports world. So, uh, man, half capacity, even half capacity would be nice after what we've seen um, these last number of months, but we'll see how it unfolds. I'm not going to speculate any further and try and predict the future because I'm not a medical expert. All I know is that I miss the fans. Uh, I miss sports being played in front of fans as much as I'm, I'm thankful we get to see some sports. Uh, I want to see some fans. I want to see some pirate fans be passionate about their team. So we'll see what happens, but, uh, that's a look at the 2021 ECU baseball schedule. Again, formidable slate. But a favorable slate, in my opinion, and another chance for the Pirates under seventh-year head coach Cliff Goblin to continue to rack up the wins and go to postseason play again. We'll dive more into the roster. We'll have an outfield preview, an infield preview, pitching preview, etc. as we get closer to first pitch on February 19th. But just wanted to run over the schedule with you guys real quick. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Hoist the Colors podcast. We'll be back with you sometime next week.